Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shalom Aleichem and welcome back to today's Daf Hayomi, which is Saita Daf Hay. We are at the Mishnah, which is line two from the top. So we have an Isha who had undergone Kinoi and Stira. She was warned and violated that warning and went to hiding with this man, in which case we take her to that next step, which is described in the next Mishnah. Ketzad Oisila. So how does the husband go about continuing this process, ultimately leading to the drinking of the waters in the base Hamikdash? Ketzad Oisila. So what does he do with her? Firstly, he brings her into the local city Bezdin, who prepare them for the journey up to the grand Bezdin, the Bezdin Hagodol in Yerushalayim in the Beis Hamikdash. They appoint two Talmidachachamim to escort them on their trip. Why do we need two people, two Talmidachachamim, to keep eye on them? Shema Yavoy Because as we know, this Isha is now forbidden to her husband as married. There's even an Isra Yichud according to this Sheet of Tanakama. We treat her like a, a forbidden woman. In which case, we have to have guards with them, two Tomidachamim to keep an eye on them, to prevent any interaction as married. Shema Yavoy Rabbi Daimir, no need. Husband is fully trusted in this matter. Bala Nemanolel asks the Gemara, okay, so they need company to avoid Yichud issues. But why do we need a total of three men? We know that typically, this is a Mishnah and Kedushin, one woman may be misyached, may go into a private area with two men. They're embarrassed of each other. There's no concern of interaction with her as married. So in this case, all we need is two men. Why do we need three? Trey, we have two the in addition to the husband, for a total of three. Why do we need three? Two is sufficient to preempt a yichud concern. The answer is, Lema, perhaps. This stipulation supports Rav's chidush who tells us that in some cases, two men aren't enough to avoid Yichud. When do two men suffice? Only if it's in an inhabited area. So one Isha with two Anashim, that's okay. But if they're on the road, on a journey, where there's a concern that perhaps one fellow will you know, go use the washroom and she'll be left with just one man, which is Yichud, in that case you have to add a third party as well. Add the Ikashlesha. Over there the Heter is only if we have a woman with three men. Why? Because if you only have two, one will go tend to his needs, leaving her with only one man, which is really Yichud. Which leaves one man in a Yichud situation with the Erevan. So Rav tells us, on the road, be extra careful, add a third man to mitigate for this uh, loss, for this uh, uh, you know, possibility of one man vacating. So this Mishnah seems to support this idea. Look, 
aside from the Isha, we have how many people? Husband plus two others, a total of three, because it's Baderach, which requires extra vigilance. Is this a riot to Rav? Loy, says the Gemara, perhaps not. Perhaps when Achoshesh, we don't have to add more men, even on the road, you know, he's going, he's coming right back, it's okay, two men are enough. The reason why, in this case, we add two additional men to the husband, the reason over here is, it's a very specific purpose. We want there to be two witnesses, to have the ability to come report to the best. Look, oh, this husband interacted with her as marriage. We know. We were aware. We were there. In which case, Bezdin will now cancel the procedure. No more Meisait. That's why we need two people for Eidus. Next question. Why do we need Tamid HaChachamim? Tamid HaChachamim in. Only Tamid HaChachamim. Kuli, Amuloi, ordinary people. Kasher Eidim. That's not enough. Why not? Perhaps this will be another riot to another aspect of Rav with respect to Hilchois Yichud. Rav tells us, when does the Mishnah allow one Isha with two men? And if they're upright people, which mitigates any suspicions. But if they're known to be inappropriately behaving people, even if you have ten men, we have the same Isser Yichud. The concern still exists, despite the fact that we have this multitude of people here. In fact, there was a story. We have a story of ten men carrying a woman out of bed, presenting her as dead, and then they went out of the city and they involved with her in an inappropriate manner. So we see that when we have individuals who are uncivilized, then two, three, ten, it's not enough. So perhaps that's what the Mishnah means. Make sure you have upright people. Otherwise you're concerned, even if there are many men. Is that true? Says the Gemara Loi. Perhaps that's not the reason for the Tamid HaChamim. The reason why we require Tamid HaChamim in this case, the Yadi, because they have the knowledge and the awareness and the Torah background, which gives them the ability to warn this fellow. Look, it says in such and such halach, such as Gemara, that you can't get involved with your wife now. She's answered to you. Otherwise, you're going to preempt the effect of the waters. The, the water that won't have any effect won't be able to test her. Be careful. Keep away. So bottom line is, Tanakama tells us, husband on the way to the base of Midlash cannot be misyachad with this Isha. She's now answered to him for the time being until things are verified. We need to preempt Yichud. We uh, appoint some escorts. We need two. Two Talmud HaChachamim. The Gemara explains why. And Rav Yudah disagrees. Rav Yudah says, Balo Husband is fully trusted. He knows. He's Asr. He keeps away. We don't need to be concerned about any, any Yichud. Forget the escorts. Tanya, we have an Abraisa. Rav Yudah tells us like this. The reason why I trust the husband you know why he's Naman? Because of a Look, even with his wife Ainida, she bekaris, which has karis ramification, very severe isr. Still, is a husband to be trusted? Of course. 
certainly a saita, which is a lesser iser. It's only a lav, shiva lav. Wouldn't you think that a husband could be trusted? He's trusted with karas. Of course, with love. No, what did Rabbanon respond? Rabbanon, just the opposite. He, this argument of yours, this distinction, if anything turns the tables around, provides reason to be more concerned by Soita than by Nida. The more scary it is, the more care he will take. Nida the is chamirule, umehemen. By Nida, because it's so severe, it's so stringent, it's curse. Of course, he's careful and he can be trusted. As opposed to the soita, the love, it's just a love. Perhaps he won't take it as seriously. Therefore, you cannot trust him. So, if anything, your svara can be flipped around and make it more difficult for us to trust him by the soita. Okay, so that was their discussion. Rabbi Dharakabachemu, which the Chachamim challenged, asked the Gemara. For Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah's leniency, Rabbi Yudah's trusting the husband, is in fact based on the Kabachemu, as we just said. For Rabbi Yudah, we find in the next price that in fact Rabbi Yudah sources his din of trusting the husband on a Pasuk, the Sanyu. Pasuk says, Who brings the Isha to Bezdin? Vehevi Ha'ish, is Ishta'ila Kayin. What do we say from here? Why is the Torah? You know, specifying that the husband brings her. What's the difference? Who brings her? We learn from here that Minat Torah, Ha'ish maybe is Ishtay. If you look simply at the Psukim, it's clear that a husband could be the one bringing her. There's no concern of Ha'ichud, we trust him. Abel, Omar Chachamim, Chacham were very concerned. And they said, no, don't take any chances. We hand over the Chachamim. To prevent any yichud situation, to prevent any impropriety, shema yavay levaderach. So Tanakama holds them in Torah. There is no isur yichud by a Husband is believed. With the rabbanu, we are concerned. We preempt the yichud. Rabbi Yisai no, husband is fully believed. Balo neman aleh mukavachem. Based on mukavachem, umani doshi bikares. Balo neman aleh. We find that. A husband is believed by a Isha Nida, despite the fact that there's curse involved. Soita she beloved. Certainly the Soita, which is merely a lovely Koshkin, wouldn't you think that he's believed? Armulai. Chachamu responded to this Kabachimer with a bit of a different challenge than before. Loi, perhaps there is room to refute this line of reasoning. You know, perhaps the reason why a husband is believed by a Nida. It's because it's just a a temporary, short-lived iser. A couple of days she'll be mutter. So he's not as drawn to it. As opposed to the soita situation, which could be a forever iser. If it turns out that she sinned. So perhaps he's more enticed to be involved with her. In fact, the Pasuk says, stolen waters taste sweet. Something which is also to a person is more enticing. So Rabbi Yehuda's shita is, husband is believed, it's based on Al Kabachem, which the Chachamim disagreed with and challenged. Rabbi Daimer, Menatura, Ha'ish, maybe it's Ishta Lakoin. Once again, Rabbi comes back and says, you should know the Torah trusts a husband. Shanamar Bahavi is Ha'ish, as Ishta. The same passage we mentioned before, the Torah clearly specifies and allows the husband to bring her on his own. End of Bryce.
question. In this most recent b'risor, Rabbi Yehuda trusts the Baal because of the Pasuk. Whereas in the previous b'risor, he trusts him because of the Kavachomer. Why do we need a Kavachomer once we have a Pasuk? Answers the Gemara. His argument, his uh, position was presented in stages. Initially, in fact, Rabbi Yehuda based his reasoning on the Kavachomer. But then when the Chacham negated the Kavachim, as we explained before, and that's why he came back and presented the Pasuk, which is irrefutable. So now we have this second Brisa, where the Tanakhama says, well, Menatera, husband is believed. Pasuk says so. But, you know, with Rabbanu, we're concerned, we um, don't take any chances. Rabida says he's believed because Ibrahim says sorry he's believed because of the Kavachimer and the Chachamim disagreed with the Kavachimer no there's Eser Yichud and Rabida comes back and says Menatorah she's believed because of the he he's trusted because of the pasuk well isn't Rabbi Yehuda saying over exactly as the Tanakhama said Menatorah there's no issue of Yichud. Husbands believe because of the Pasuk. Rabbi Yehuda, Haimu Tanakama. Isn't he repeating the Tanakama Shita? Where is the uh, three Shitas here? Any difference between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda? There's one difference. Tanakama comes back and says, Look, true, Menatera, husband is believed. Aval Amru, but Midrabonam, we don't take any chances. We insist on having other people around. So Tanakama holds, whereas Rabbi says, it's totally mutter, there's no reason to be stringent and take extra precautions. So bottom line is, the husband will take the Isha to the Bezna Godl. Is there an Isser Yichot? We know they can't interact as married. What about going together on that trip? So one Shita says, there's Isser Yichot, Midaraisa. It would seem so from the uh, fact that they totally negated the uh, Pasuk. It's Asr Isr Yichud. They negated the Kabuchayma. So apparently there's a regular Isr Yichud. Whereas Tanakam says, there's no Isr Yichud, it's only with the Rabbonon. And Rabbidah says, well, even with the Rabbonon, there's no concerns. Continues the Mishnah. Okay, so we're up in the uh, Grand Bezdin Yerushalayim. What now? You know, there's a Mishnah Sanhedrin which describes the way the Bezdin uh, issues, you know, these warnings to the witnesses who come to testify about, you know, some capital offense. We tell them, look, take extra care before you start speaking. Keep, uh, keep mindful of the, you know, repercussions and ramifications of what you're doing and bring about the death of a person. You got to be very careful. Make sure you're accurate in your depiction. Okay, that's Dine Nefashas. Says the Mishnah. Just like over there, we make use of this Iyum procedure, we warn and we uh, sort of scare them off. Here as well, in similar fashion, by the Isha, who is the Saita, we uh, start speaking to her a bit direct and harsh. Why? Because we really prefer. You know, they would take the uh, parsha of Soita and uh, rub it out with the Shem Hashem on that water and then she would be given to drink. We prefer that 
we avoid this whole process of uh, you know, rubbing out the shame of Hashem and having a drink and all that. So we try to intimidate it. We say, look, if you're really guilty, just drop the process right now. Admit. And, you know, leave your husband and it's all over. Rather than resorting to the mechikas Hashem and the mind. So we try to intimidate her. We try to uh, encourage her to admit. We tell her as follows. Look, we understand what you went through. We, we can relate to your difficulties, to the nisayan that you, uh, that you encountered and... Uh, if in fact something happened, just admit and let's move on. Our daughter, they speak to us softly and warmly. Wine has a lot, a lot to say. It can it can really affect a person. Wine can really, you know, disrupt a person's life and cloud his judgment. Frivolity and laughter and comedy can really have a profound effect on a person's mood and judgment. Harbe Yaldus Yalda can also harbe can make a lot of um, trouble. Immaturity, child uh, being childish. Harbe bad neighbors can really have a profound influence and effect on a person. Please, if you fell through, if you stumbled, if you're guilty, Asi Please do it for Hashem's great name, which was written in holiness. Please admit so that we can avoid this process of erasing Hashem's name. In fact, they presented with um, episodes uh, from Jewish history and things which really she's not um, deserving of really relating to. Meaning we speak about the fact that big and big tzaddikim throughout the Deiris, throughout Jewish history, admitted their wrongdoings. You know, she's light years away from them. Really, you know, there's no connection, no comparison. It's like um, elevating her to their status. But we do it anyways. To achieve this result, to get her to soften up and to admit. We tell her things from history. Which is not really deserving of listening and being presented with and relating to. Whether her or her family, it's uh, something beyond them. We're speaking about tzaddikim, but we still do it to soften her, her heart. Im Amrat Miyani, if in fact she turns around and says, look, you know what? I sinned, I'm guilty. Okay. That stops the process. We preempt the Meisaita. Shever is Ksuvasa. Shever is Lashon receipt. She receipts the Ksuva. She gives the husband a receipt. Uh, you know, that's it. I got my Ksuva. Or she says, look, I was Mazana and I lost my Ksuva and I will no longer um, claim the Ksuva payment. And then she separates. She leaves her husband. If she insists that she's innocent, that she's pure, we take up to the eastern entranceway of the Harbais, all the way over to Shar Nikna, which was the entranceway to the Azora. That's where she would stand. That was the location where they would give the Saita to drink. What else would they do there? That's where they would affect Tahara on the woman who gave birth. That's where she stands to bring her Karbonis. That's where the Matsura stands. When he brings his carbon, because the entranceway, the Shar Nikno entranceway, was not Kaddish, so they can stand there and observe their carbones and be uh, given the Mesoita to drink. The coin uh, takes a firm grab of her clothing. Rashi says that the 
not the neck hole area. Im nikru nikru im nifrimu so he grabs a collar. If the beggar tore a bit, big deal. Im nifrimu if it really tore uh, deeply, more profoundly, doesn't matter. He grabs it roughly and it starts tearing and ripping apart. Achu magalas leave until her heart gets revealed and exposed. But says to Aaron, in fact, he disrupts her hairdo. Rabbi the Omer. Imhaya libano loyayim galayof shatter. Uh, pleasant-looking uh, goof. If a lave was nice, he would not expose it. Likewise with her hair. If it would be attractive, he wouldn't, um, you know, uncover it, uh, take off the uh, hair covering, and disrupt it. She was wearing nice, uh, white-looking clothing. He would dress her in black. She was wearing all types of adornments. Uh, earrings and nose rings and taboys and rings they will remove all these adornments in order to uh, make her look less attractive Mitzri brings uh, a rope made of palm branches and he uh, ties up the, uh, the clothing above the uh, breast area so that it stays up whoever wants to witness the scene can come and watch except for her uh, close people or uh, slaves and maidservants because those will, will uh, uh, they, they will actually add to her feeling of pride and confidence and she'll have a hard time admitting uh, that she's guilty. She's familiar with them and she'll get emotional support which will make her harder, make it harder for her to admit and to walk away. In fact, all women can come and see her and watch the uh, procedure. In fact, it's helpful that they all uh, take part and learn their lesson. Shnama v'nivostru lashon musa, right? They learn their lesson. Kol anoshim melek tazeno kizi masechna, which will help them avoid this inappropriate conduct. So the mission began when we take the isha to the bezin hagodol shabiru shalayim. So we know that there were three courts up there in Harabayis. Two uh, smaller bezdins made of 23 Dayana and one grand 71 man Dayana in Bezdin, which was called the Bezdin Hagod. So we know that the Isha has to be standing in Besan Migdash, that's where they would give her the, uh, the Mesoita. But why do we need specifically the 71 Dayan Bezdin, the grand Supreme Court? We learned by way of through the words Torah, Here by the Saita, we have the word Torah. The Torah was the process which she goes through. The Kayin applied this whole process called Torah. We find elsewhere by a Talmud Chacham who negated the view of the Bezdin called the Zakein Mamri, the elder Chacham who rebels against the Bezdin and does his own thing. There as well we have the word Torah. Just like over there, we know with certainty that he was involved with the grand bezin of 71, as she says, who was speaking about a makam yuchad that uh, where the shivim be'echad bezin was located, Afkan here as well, when we have Torah in the context of soita, it is a reference to the process applied by the bezin of b'shivim be'echad. So we apply iyum, we try to intimidate, we try to shake her up, we warn her. Be careful, if you're guilty, just turn around, admit, and let go. Apparently, we're not going to try to encourage her to drink it if, in fact, she's innocent. There's no mention of that in the Mishnah. But in the Brisa, we find both sides. The stick and the carrot. 
positive and negative. Just as we warn her, if you're guilty, don't drink. Likewise, we apply the carrot. We try to push her to drink if in fact she's innocent. We tell her as follows, look, you have nothing to lose. Biti, our daughter. If you are certain and confident that you are pure and clean and innocent, don't worry about anything. Maintain your your position. Maintain your innocence. see and go ahead and drink. No problem. It's not going to harm you if you're really fine. You know what the Maim Amorim are compared to? A dry medicine. Which is sitting on a person's you know, flesh. If his uh, fresh, you know, flesh has some sort of ailment, some sort of cut, so the sum, the uh, medicine, the, the thing will uh, infiltrate the body. It can sometimes be harmful. In Shomaka, where there's nothing there, it's just totally closed up, the skin is totally sealed, it's not going to do anything to you, it's not going to get in. In the Moyal Klum, no harm will be done. If you're pure, if you're innocent, don't worry about drinking it. In fact, you can benefit from the experience. Pasuk says, Venixa, Venizra Zara, health will improve, etc. Says the Gemara Loi Kasha. The answer is very simple, it depends at which point we're holding. The first price, I'm sorry, the mission, where we discourage her. Is speaking before they rubbed out the Megillah. Here we're trying to prevent it from happening. We tell, look, if you're guilty, please don't put us through this. So there the default position is, we're going to proceed. Prepare the water and give it to her to drink. So we're trying to avoid that. Tell her, look, if you sin, stop it right here. But here in the Brisa, Khan, La'achar, here we're speaking after the fact. It's already prepared. Here the concern is that perhaps she'll be intimidated and I want to drink that water and remain awesome and the whole thing will be just a waste so here we have to try to encourage her to drink once it's ready it's prepared let's go drink it so if you're tired don't worry nothing to worry about and that explains the difference between the Mishnah and the Brisa the Mishnah continues how do we try to cajole her we refer to examples throughout Jewish history where there were great men who strayed, who committed wrongdoings and they were uh, they were rectified, they, they admitted, they were made and did teshuva. So firstly we relate to her divrei hagoda, divrei musar to encourage her. And also the Masim, She'iru, which occurred way back in history, as recorded in the earlier writings. So what's an example of Haggadah? We have a, a Pasuk in Eiv. You're not the first one. A great person, a wise man. Lays it all out. Don't try to pretend. Don't conceal, don't hide. Just admit and be straightforward. Yagidu. They spoke forth and did not hide it. May I voice them from their ancestors. And we have examples as such. Yehuda, the uh, tzaddik, Yehuda, one of the shvatim. Yehuda haida, she admitted without embarrassment. He was not embarrassed to admit his wrongdoing with his involvement with Tamar. And what happened? He only gained from it. Mayo Yusufa, what was his ultimate 
result Nachal Chaya Elam Haba. He inherited Elam Haba. Reuben as well. He admitted to what he did wrong by getting involved in his father's affairs. What did he achieve? He inherited Elam Haba. And what is their what was their reward? What do you mean Maschoran? Kadamrina, we just explained. What did they get in this world? The answer is Lahem Lavadam Nitna Aritz. Vali Rashi explains. Lahem Lavadam Nitna Aritz. They inherited the Aritz. He says, Yehuda was Zaychata Malchus to kingship for himself and his descendants. As a result of being Maidah, of stepping forth and saying, look, I'm the guilty one. I take responsibility. Which is a sign of leadership, a sign of Malchus. He was Zaycha to Malchus because of that. And Reuben was Zaycha to get the uh, early portion in Eretz Yisrael, you know, the other side of the of the Yardin. So there was Zaycha in this world as well. But with the Ovar Zor says Rashi, based on a Medrash, that the the brachas that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Shvatim, right? So it went from Reuben to Yehuda. There was a, a connection between the two, so they were connected. They're in the same boat, so to speak, on the same level. So Yehuda and Reuben were both moida. They were bound together, and they got schar in this world and eternally. Asks the Gemara, where do we find this uh, admission? Where where did this happen? Bishlem of Yehuda Ashichan Doidi. We certainly find the Psukim that Yehuda was made. He admitted to his involvement with Tamar. Where do we find the Reuven admitted to his wrongdoing? The answer is, we figure it out sort of through the back door. What does the Pasuk mean? This is in Parshas Vizayis HaBrocha. Moshe Rabbeinu asks that Reuven should live and not die. And then it says, V'zois li-yehuda. Which is unique. Going from one sheva to the other. Ruven and V'zois li And this should be for Yehuda. What's the connection? What's the correlation? It seems to be describing some sort of continuous event. Connecting one to the other. Kal oisan shonim shahyu Yisrael b'midbar. All throughout. Kral Yisrael's journey through the desert. Hayu atzmai saf shal Yehuda m'gul golan ba'aran. Yehuda's bones were rattling, were not settled in the coffin. Until Moshe Rabbeinu got up and davened for him. He turns to Hashem. Who facilitated Ruvain's admission? Yehuda. When Yehuda admitted to what he did, right away, Ruvain got up and says, you know what, I also did something wrong. I got involved in Yaakov Avinu's marital affairs. And if Yehuda brought about Reuven's teshuva, why is Yehuda deserving of this? His bones are and it's not settled, it's not the way it should be. Miyad, immediately, Shema Hashem called Yehuda. Hashem listened to Yehuda's requests and Hashem Rectified situation. Al Avrele Shafa. His limbs, his bones went back into their sockets, and now he was uniform. He was 
one unit. But up in Shemayim, there's a yeshiva. A yeshiva shalmala where they sit and learn Torah. Yehuda could not gain entry into that yeshiva. They wouldn't admit him. To the heavenly court, the heavenly yeshiva. So Moshe Rabbeinu proceeded further to ask for that as well. Bring him into his community. Okay, he was accepted into the yeshiva. But he still had difficulty with the give and take, getting in, involved in the actual learning process. with the other chachamim in Shamayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu continues, Yodav Rav Lai, Yodayim is Lashlam Milchama. He should have the ability to interact in learning with the other Chachamim. Okay, so that happened. But he was still missing something, ultimate clarity in learning. Lo His learning would not conclude with clarity and halacha meaning that his word should be accepted and absorbed by the other Chachamim. Pasa continues, which indicates that he had the ability to learn properly, to conclude, to present his conclusions and be accepted. Him and his learning should be accepted amongst the masses in Shemayim. So we find that Yehuda was Moida, which led to Ruvain's Haida, asks the Gemara Bishlam Yehuda Da'iti. I understand why Yehuda had to admit, despite the fact that he's publicizing a sin, which isn't really something we recommend, but here, it was about most important. It was critical. Tamar said, Tamar shouldn't be put to death, shouldn't be burnt. So that's understood. But why did Reuven admit his wrongdoing? You're not supposed to just publicize Averus. Yidhu just publicizes wrongdoings and makes it real and doable, so to speak. Don't publicize Keep it on the wrap. You're not meant to make it public. It's Chatzif. It's inappropriate. So why did he do it? The reason was so that Yaakov doesn't suspect his brothers. So he stepped forward and he says, look, it's me. So he used all this to try to convince this Isha here. Look, times were tough. He succumbed, perhaps. Be moida so we can cut the process right here. So now if she admits, if these words had their effect and she admits, so that's it. We shut down the process. She writes a shoivar, a receipt, absolving her husband of the ksuba payment. Shamas shoivar. We can learn from here that a shoivar is meant to be written to absolve one of his responsibilities. Meaning, uh, you know, you have a, a baal chayv, right? You have a lender and a borrower, and the borrower pays back. What happens now? The whole is above a basra. Do we write receipts? You know, if you write a receipt, it's very nice for the time being, but he may lose that receipt. Then comes the uh, borrower, lender and reclaims his loan. So he has to always keep an eye and keep watch over that receipt. It's not exactly the most preferred situation. So there's a machlekes. Do we issue receipts or not? It would seem from the Mishnah that, in fact, we issue receipts. Amr Abaye, not necessarily. Tani, Mikaras, according to the... Uh, opinion that receipts are never issued unless necessary. So here we have an easier option. Just tear up the kesuba, which preempts any further claims. Amalei Rava says, Rava, what do you mean? He clearly says, she gives a receipt. Elama Rava, you know why a receipt is issued in this case? 
We're speaking about a location, a, a city where they had a custom not to write Ksuba. It was a Tanai Bezdin, it was a given that you you know you get your money after you divorce. You don't have to actually write it, put it in a, in a written document. So now, how can anybody prove that they uh, paid up their Ksuba? There was no Ksuba to tear up. So here, everybody would agree that the best option is to issue a receipt. But otherwise, she can always uh, keep on claiming, let's say, he'll die, she'll bring Adam, then he died, and she'll get her ksuba. So basically, the only way here is through a shaver. This way he knows that uh, any claims will put the rest. Okay, back to the beginning, we have an Isho who had kidnoy, who had stira, and is now going to be taken to the base of Mikdash for Shtiyas Maim Hamar. First, he visits the local Bezdin, who hand over two Chachamim to keep them company to avoid Yichud, which is Asr in this case. Tanakam is concerned about the husband being alone, he's not to be trusted. Rabbi disagrees, he says uh, if he can be trusted in Karis, and uh, certainly in this case it's okay. In fact, there's a pasuk. Maybe ishes ishtoi. Husband takes her up. Don't worry about it. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, yichud would be mutter. I'm not concerned about any further interaction. Okay, they arrive at the Beis Hamikdash, and before they prepare the water, they try to intimidate her, try to discourage her. Please look what happened to big tzaddikim. It wasn't uh, below their dignity to admit. Uh, they weren't prideful enough. To uh, Their pride didn't stand in the way of them admitting. And be Maida here as well. You uh, admit, and this way we avoid uh, preparing this water and erasing Hashem's name. Uh, if she sticks to her guns, they actually prepare the waters. And we learn in the Bryce that we actually now encourage her to drink it. If you're tired, don't worry about it. It's not going to do anything wrong to you. Uh, we speak about how the Kayan treats her and uh, sets her up in a less than attractive manner, all to um, send home the message and to try, to try to intimidate her and try to bring home the point to everybody standing around. This is not a way to go. And this will be a proper Musar lesson for all around her to uh, keep a list disciplined uh, life and uh, lead uh, a life of appropriate conduct. All the best to you. Hatzlacha Rav and Surah